and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Amy Austin, News Editor, FT Advisor, and today I will be joined by Caroline Rainbird, Chief Executive Officer of the Financial Services Compensation Scheme, to discuss the levy, compensation limits and the British Steel Pension Scheme. So welcome to you, Caroline. Thanks for joining us today. Many thanks, Amy. Um, uh, Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, catching up. (laughs) Well, late last month, the FCS actually reduced its levy for 2022-23 by £275 million to hit £625 million, um, just as a result of being fewer self-invested personal pension provider failures and less complex pension claims. Um, Of this, advice firms, which obviously will fall under the life distribution and investment intermediation class, are expected to contribute £213 million to the levy, which is, again, a drop of... 20 like almost 27 million from the original forecast so I thought we could uh, maybe just start by discussing this um is this you know drop a sign of better things to come because you know in previous levy forecasts and in previous years the levies you know stayed the same or gone up like it's rare that there's been like kind of because it what it dropped by a third so it's quite yeah. it's quite a big difference um so yeah okay um I'll try and answer that as you would um, understand, there's probably no easy answer, but I'll try and um, sort of try and take you through it. So first thing I would say is that um, the levy um, uh, that, that represents the compensation pay that we pay, you know, every pound of levy represents compensation that is paid to compensate people who unfortunately have had you know, a terrible set of circumstances and and lost money and and in many cases been through life-changing circumstances and events. So the fact that we have to pay out compensation regardless of the amount and whether it's increased or decreased is really unfortunate. And I'm sure we'll come on to talk about um, the importance of, of in all of these debates, um, the industry, um, everybody involved in looking at the um, root causes of failure um, and the need for pension. So I always sort of try and temper any discussions about the levy by saying we just need to remember that behind every pound of levy is a person, a a customer who has suffered loss in really distressing circumstances. So as you rightly um, identified, the levy itself has reduced from um, 21-22 and also the forecast that we shared um, back in November. Um, but what I, I need to, to try and simply explain is that whilst the levy, which is the amount that we collect from the industry, as you know, we are funded by the industry, whilst the levy has dropped year on year, the amount of compensation that we pay, which is, I guess, the marker of of where things are, will, we we believe, increase in 22-23 from um, 576 million that we paid out, that we believe we're going to be paying out for this financial year, and we'll confirm that in our report and accounts, which are due out later, to around just shy of 700 million. Now, the reason why the levy is dropped is that we collected in um, levy based on the forecasting for for twenty two t- sorry twenty one twenty two. We've we haven't had to pay out so much um, as we'd anticipated, 
Um, so yes, the simple answer to your question is the levy has come down, but it's important to look at the fact that compensation continues to increase. And we've seen in recent years a real mix in the change of claims um, and compensation uh, that we're paying against from what would have been a few years ago, what we'd call simple uh, claims to more complex uh, claims um, in, in the pension space and investment space, um, which take time to process, um, have inevitably larger amounts of compensation due. And also another topic that I suspect we're going to come on to, start to come up to the, the, the levels, the top levels of our compensation limit, which means that for some customers, we're not able to fully compensate them for the loss that they've had. So the trend that we're seeing is, is that compensation, the compensation mix is changing from, from simple to complex um, and that it is increasing. And there's a couple of um, sort of um, stats that maybe I'll, I'll put, out, put out there and um, then we, I'm sure we'll talk about them. What um, is slightly concerning is, is what we call the tail of compensation. So 80% of claims come to FSCS at least five years or more after the advice was given. So um, even if we stop paying compensation today, which we're clearly not going to because we're, we're here for important reasons, but if we did, we will continue to see compensation being paid related to instance of poor advice, etc., that would have uh, that have occurred a period of time ago. So it's that tail of compensation that we need to keep um, in mind. And again, the, the best way to address some of the challenges that, that that industry payers have, understandably, around the level of the levy is to tackle the root causes of, of poor outcomes and bad outcomes. So financial services consumers can have consistently good and sustained experiences in financial services and have the products that are right for them, affordable for them, that they understand and, and can have a good experience. Sure. And as we know, you know, the levy is a quite contentious issue in the advice world. You know, there's always grumblings going on about it just because of this soaring cost that it's to advisors, which, yeah. you know, we, we fully understand that. We know that um, it, it's along with many other costs that the industry have to pay. It, it's growing um, and we're as concerned about it as everybody because we, we sit there obviously processing claims for customers and we, we need to make sure that experience is good and we compensate because that continues to help maintain confidence in financial services. But as we're funded by the industry, we need to be very aware of the impact of the levy on all our levy payers. And in total, there's ooh, just, just shy of 50,000, something like 48,000 levy payers, some of which are large, large companies, household names, but many of which are really small companies. Um, and we recognise that um, this is, is a sizable amount. And we want to be as transparent as possible, but we want to help where we can. Um, to look at how we can get this down on a, a consistent basis. Sure. In a kind of like a dream world, what would you maybe like to see happen to the levy um, to kind of, you know, bring it down for these advisors? Well, in a dream world, I would like, as I have said before, for FSCS to not exist, because that would mean that everybody's having great, um, great experiences. So, um, 
I, I think there is a number of actions that we can, can together collectively take. I mean, first and foremost, as we've done in our recently published Balancing Act of Compensation um, paper, is to use the data and insights we have to shine a light on examples of poor practice, examples of the challenges that are being faced by the industry and by consumers. Um, so addressing bad practices um, has to be um, a, a key focus for us all. Raising standards, driving out the limited number of poor performers. I, I, I want to stress that the vast majority of the industry clearly works um, really positively and proactively and sets itself um good standards for, for how they interact with consumers. But sadly, there are poor players, poor practices, and, and those need to continue to be driven out. We will do our best by providing examples and, and, and information that the FCA can take action on. The FCA is, is being more, um, is, is focusing more on, on, on the actions it can take. Um, I think also there is a big piece around generally improving financial literacy, so educating the vast majority of consumers. And there's lots of quite frightening statistics around levels of financial literacy. Um, I, I, I think language in, in, in documents explaining financial products has become more and more complicated. Um, we, we, we know the statistics around... Um, financial understanding and financial literacy. I think that's important at any time, but if, as, we're, as we are in and continue to face into a cost of living crisis, people um, you know, are, are more susceptible, will be more susceptible to poor actors, scammers, and may make wrong or misinformed choices. So together, um, we need to um, work as one across the industry, whether that be um, levy payers, industry players, consumer groups, government regulators ourselves to really look at how we can improve financial literacy so people can make informed decisions, they can understand the products they're taking on, make an assessment about whether they are right for those, for their circumstances, and, and understand um, what, 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 what they're buying into and hopefully never need to come and, and, and be one of our customers. Sure. And I don't know if you've seen, but the FCA kind of put out their policy statement on their kind of crackdown on CMC Phoenix yeah. this week. Um, do you, I mean, they had a target in it that said, you know, in two years time, they expect that there will be like zero CM, like kind of advice firms or anything can, like anyone connected with it kind of popping up elsewhere. Do you think that this, you know, more, and if we had kind of more regulations that kind of followed a kind of similar route to this, do you think that in turn could lead to, you know, the FSCS levy maybe being driven down? Um, what I say in, in, in response to questions about CMCs is um, anybody can come to us. Um, we are independent, we are free, and we're funded by the industry. So if people are entitled to compensation um, uh, at, th through ourselves and they come to us directly, um, they will receive 100% of that compensation. Um, if they go via a CMC, um, and uh, around about 60% in general of, of our customers do come directly to us, and there's, there's certain, certain scenarios where it's, it's, it's less, and we might come on to that. Um, 
but they that you know an element of their um, compensation will go in the fee that the CMC charges. So I would really encourage um, any consumer to contact us. Um, it, applications can be done online. Um, if if people are confused, they can contact us. Um, we would just encourage people who believe they've got a claim, or even if they're not sure uh, and and they want some some uh, some further information, contact us directly, and we can help guide them through. Because obviously, driving out the poor outcomes is the way to reduce the the levy. But if but if people are entitled to compensation, they should receive a hundred percent of that. Sure. And well, actually going on to that kind of conversation in the limit, another um, issue you raised um, kind of with when the levy came out was on the compensation limit when, with you calling yep. for the 85k limit to be reviewed for pension claims um, yep. what well, with the hope of kind of reducing the gap it has with the financial bondsman service because yep. it's quite significantly different. Um, yep. So Fund, first, I just kind of wanted to ask you, why is it that this gap is just so big um, with, compared to you in the FOS? Um, uh, as, as you know, our, our rules on how we pay compensation and the limit that applies is set down for us um, by the regulators uh, and, and we adhere to that. Um, and I would say that for the vast majority of our products, we do believe that the limit that we have, the 85,000 currently that you refer to, is appropriate for most of our products. But um, we, what we do see in the sort of pension um, space um, is a, a growing and a significant amount of uncompensated losses. And, and in simple terms, that means money, uh, the money that we can repay to customers um, in terms of compensation is less than the amount that customers have actually lost due to that 85,000 cap um, that currently applies. So um, we would like to see consideration given to that being increased. And I think that's especially important because um, if we look at the nature of pensions, by the time a customer realises that, uh, you know, they they have lost, in certain cases, all their pension funding um, or have got significant uh, challenges and they need to come and see us, is that they don't have the opportunity to close the gap themselves that might exist between what they would have had if everything had gone well and the compensation we give them just by nature of um, when they come to us. So, um, and just to give you an idea um, of this sum, uh, over the last six years, um, across all our products, um, we, we've seen up to a billion uh, in uncompensated losses overall and around about half a billion related to sort of uh, pension advice claims. So it's a significant amount of loss. I do recognise that if our limit is changed, that that will increase um, funding for the industry. So we need to be um, aware of that. But to me, it doesn't feel right that a, a consumer, may, maybe just by the sheer dint of timing, i.e. a company is either live and a claim may be handled by the Ombudsman service, or that or that company may have gone into default and then come to us. There's a difference in, in the compensation um, a, a customer can receive. Now, I don't think the answer is to suddenly increase our limit to the ombudsman, but I think the, the limits need to be aligned um, at a level. And we'd like to use our data and insights to 
to highlight this, and that's what we've done in the Balancing Act of Compensation. But clearly, it's it's both out of our control in terms of the limit that's been set, and we do recognise the impact any changes would have on the um, the industry. But we think it's right to to have highlighted this and mentioned this. Sean, do you reckon that you know a change to your limit will happen anytime soon, or do you think it's you know a couple of years down the line at most? Because Obviously, it'll have to be consulted on and then, you know, you could face, likely to face uproar from uh, advisors who think that their leverage is already too high. So kind of how, how, like, kind of pouring more into it might not be in their best interests. Well, you know, I guess, as I say, on, on any discussion about the the levy is the more that we can re- we can do to reduce the incidence of poor outcomes in the first place that brings the levy down in terms of you know any changes to compensation limits or or coverage um that that is for others to decide um potentially consult upon or or however our, our role is to really just highlight the facts and figures which is what what we're doing at the moment um and um you know i i recognize this is not an easy decision um, and I wouldn't want it to draw focus away from the importance of us all acting to reduce the incidence of, of poor outcomes and uh, to, to make sure that solutions are equally found that aim at the root causes of consumer harm, whether that be about simplicity and reducing complexity for consumers, addressing bad practices, mis-selling, and creating financial resilience in firms generally, so that they can continue to thrive um, in in a in a in a financial services market. Sure, and I am, I kind of understand that you would at the FSCS are going to maybe go on like more of a pensions push, um, kind of focus on pensions a bit more. Um, I just wondered, like, kind of why is this, um, and would kind of investments then fall into this because they do kind of go hand in hand. We will continue to process all our claims um, in in a a timely and consistent manner. But what we think is important is that we play our part in highlighting um, whether it be poor practices, whether it be some of the questions that people need to be asking when they're looking at their pensions and and their options. So um, we think we have an important role in raising awareness um, uh, around a variety of products and challenges. So we are looking at um, and we think the, you know, that there is a lot of um, uncertainty, um, ambiguity um, and, and general lack of knowledge for, for many people. And that's not a criticism. It's just a statement of, of fact. So we want to do our bit to highlight some of the questions people need to be thinking about when they're making decisions around their pensions, actually encouraging people to think about their pensions. And um, so we we are, um, and we have done previously and we will continue to do, is highlighting some of the simple questions to ask. Um, so we, we will be launching a campaign shortly around pension awareness. We're also working with the regulatory family on a number of uh, initiatives to really highlight where people can go for certain pieces of information or advice, where they can get clear and concise um, tips or, or knowledge. Uh, we've just recently shared some some um, on our social media some um, of the work that the Money and Pensions Advice Maps are doing around 
highlighting to people, and it's particularly relevant at the moment, where people can get advice on on debt and the challenges they might have um, in that area. Um, So, you know, we have an important role to highlight a variety of things um, and important topics um, in this area. So we, we see, again, prevention is really important. It's if we can give people some of the information or share other bits of information that are available, anything that we can collectively do, do to reduce the, the likelihood of a poor outcome happening in the first place has to be a win-win for consumers, for the industry um, and, and, and ourselves and the regulators. Sure. Well, talking about pensions, <laughs> um, <laughs> move on to the big one. Um, so <laughs> you recently actually appeared in front of the Public Accounts Committee yes. um, alongside the F- FCA and the FOS to kind of discuss the handling of the British Steel Pension Scheme transfer scandal. Um, firstly, I just wondered... Do you have any update on kind of how much the FSCS has paid out on yeah. its CSBS claims to date or anything like that? Yeah, I've got a few facts and figures for you, uh, which I'll um, try and not sort of spout out lots of figures, but I think it's important just to make people aware. So um, as at the 6th of June, um, we have seen uh, 1,592 claims uh, in total. And 888 of those have been completed. Uh, and of the total that we've received um, and, and, and completed, 805 of those, so in simple terms, 91% have been upheld, which has mean that you know we've paid compensation against. Um, and the average compensation for those um, is just under £62,000. Um, we've We've seen claims against uh, 66 firms so far, uh, and these are firms that have gone into default, and none of these figures include claims that are still with the Financial Ombudsman Service. And we work very closely across those two where firms are going into default. We, we that Those claims relating to that company are brought over to ourselves, so that journey for um, customers is as, is as seam, seamless as possible. Um, just to sort of then look at the those numbers that we have completed um, with an uphold rate of 91 percent which is which is very high uh, we've paid a total compensation of just shy of 50 million 49.8 million and just referring back to our previous conversation uh, we've seen uncompensated losses of 24 uh, million pounds so that's um, sort of the current situation um, we also know that there are still, outside of those people who've gone to the Ombudsman Service and ourselves, people who haven't come forward as yet. Now, some of those people may well be happy with the choices they make, but we also know with an uphold rate of over 90%, and it's a similar uphold rate with the Ombudsman, um, that um, you know the, there are a unique set of circumstances here. And we would encourage anybody who hasn't had a chance to talk to us to come forward doesn't really matter whether you go to the ombudsman or ourselves just come forward and and talk to us um, because we really want to try and help this community as best we can and how kind of would you encourage the workers to come forward because I know it I've spoken to several still workers myself kind of over the years yeah um, and I know they find it quite daunting to kind of start this process um, yeah 
which is why many of them, you know, get help from various other advisors and like kind of lawyers um, and things like that, because they just find the whole process a bit, a bit too much. And also we have to remember, you know, that we work in financial services yeah. that we kind of understand a bit about kind of what works, you know, what this word means, what that word means, where it's still workers may not necessarily have like the financial literacy that like yeah. people us may do. So you know, it might be a bit difficult for them to maybe kind of understand or just kind of contemplate what the whole kind of making a claim and what this means. But what would you kind of say about that? Well, first of all, um, like you, Amy, um, I've also uh, met and spoken to some steel workers um, over the over the years that I, I've been aware of this. And um I do recognise, um, you know, and I, I've been in financial services for 30 years, um, there, there are a, a, a number of reasons why people wouldn't have come forward, and some of it is, um, you know, they they don't know where to start. They they think they they might not have the right words or language to express themselves. Um, they might have not talked to their family about the decisions that they made, and and now you know don't don't want to to talk about that. Uh, they are all understandable reasons but at the end of the day we're here to help we want to do this and 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 claims handlers um are trained to be uh as empathetic um as as they can and should be to speak in words of one syllable and to recognize that whoever comes to fscs um is vulnerable um might not have a, a grasp of of financial services and and you know, is worried, upset, angry, frightened, you know, all of those emotions. So our people are trained to deal with that. And we would just encourage people to start a conversation. Um, and um, I'd much rather, particularly with a over 90% uphold rate, start talking to us and we'll see how we can help you. Um, I think it's just really important that we do that. Interestingly enough, um, in, with this community of, of customers, um, a greater number of people of those are coming to us directly without a CMC or a solicitor. So um, I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about um, people who come to us directly and involvements of CMCs, typically um, across our portfolio, 60% of um, customers come to us via a CMC. It's sort of reversed here. And I think that reflects the engagement that we've done. As as you all know, we, along with other members of the regulatory family, have actually been down into some of the steelworkers communities. We've done a number of engagements at Westminster um, through lockdown. We did did some online. Um, So about two thirds of those who've already come to us have come to us directly. So um, I think that reflects the engagement that we've done. But we we would we need to do more. Um, we continue to do more, and we would just encourage people to contact us in one form or another, so we can help them. Uh, we really do want to help them, and we do recognise that this is a complex subject at the best of times. Um, we we try and speak in 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 simple English, and it's so important um, in this pension space uh, that people have the 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 right. Um, funds and resources to support them through and, and to, to have the retirement that they they deserve and they've worked for. I mean, many of these um, uh, steel workers have worked at 
um, in in these roles for many a year. It's it's a very hard and demanding job. And, you know, one of the reasons um, why um, they've worked so hard is that, you know, they want to be able to have a retirement that's appropriate for them. So we would just encourage them to to come forward and start that dialogue. Sure. And do do you think that we're kind of just at the tip of the iceberg with this? Do you think that we've got quite a few claims to come? Um, Yes, um, would be my simple answer. If I look at those that have come through to us, and we know the size of the community, the FCA has written to each of those in that community size. Um, And um, I can't remember the specific numbers for the Ombudsman Service, but we've still got, you know, um, a few thousand who've not come to us. Now, some people are very happy with the, the choices they made uh, and, and and that's fine uh, and that's good. Um, but but others are not, um, but don't know where to go. So I, I can't impress on people. Just just reach out to us and we'll, we'll, we'll see how we can help you. Well, thank you, Caroline. Thanks for joining us today. Tune in next week where we will discuss other goings on in the industry. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.